mentally and emotionally, I'm on my A game. I've got my microphone. Like, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm stuck in the zone. Help me, step. Help brother. me, brother. I'm stuck in the zone. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> I'm stuck in the zone. Uh, I remember the working title for Steelers Wheels Stuck in the Middle with You was there's a parenthetical that said, Help me, stepbrother. <laughs> I'm stuck in the middle with you. Um, yeah, I remember um, the movie Stuck on You, uh, where Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear play conjoined adult twins. Um, Help me, twin brother. Title, Help me, <laughs> twin brother. <laughs> and stuck on you a movie uh where frankie munez and Cher are a couple but they are playing frankie munez and Cher. what the <laughs> fuck uh-huh you know uh-huh. i've seen that movie twice and i don't remember anything about it <laughs> that's about all i remember that's about it i, I remember uh the 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 first thing i remember about stuck on you after that's a movie starring Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon, is that I watched that movie with my friend Sheila, with the uh, the mob boss grandfather. I remember enjoying the movie. I remember being entertained by it. I mean, sure, I'm sure now now that I'm an adult male, uh, I would I would hate it. But, uh, but uh, I'm mob boss grandfather. Come over here. I'll give you a Werther's original. <laughs> hey, do you want... Hey, help me, step-grandchild. Oh, no! No! Bail! Bit. Trash can. Go. <laughs> no, I'm taking the bit and I'm putting it in the fireplace so that, no one can uh, find the, the evidence that the, the bit. Stepsister. That, uh, that shot of Wet Hot American Summer where the van is driving down the road and the kid is thrown out of it. Like, the kid has impact font labeled bit on him. Absolutely. <laughs> Very... Movies for babies recording. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're doing. We're fucking memeing this moment. It's fucking. I'm tossing this goddamn bit out of a moving uh, van, and it will not be seen for the rest of the movie. As far as we know, that kid stayed out there. <laughs> well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got a feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared, stepbrother. I'm stuck on a chair. <laughs> I don't know. Get down the stairs. That's all. I, that's all I got. <laughs> you know there is a song in this movie we could have opened with. <laughs> no, I am afraid of uh, Tegan and Sarah's twin lawyers that will come after us. I am afraid of. Uh, I'm. I. I am afraid to even hum uh, the famous upon, uh, song from the Lego Movie. I fear. I fear. Uh, no man. The only time I've ever been copyright dinged for using music in a podcast was "Everything Is Awesome." And if you think that I didn't try using the slow acoustic version of that song from the Lego Movie instead, and it still got dinged, do you guys you, remember you, um, in the Lego Movie, uh, good cop, bad cops, parents get sprayed with this craggle, and and as they're as they're dying, they yell out, "Help us, stepbrother." <laughs> <laughs> the kid explains to his dad why he came down and played with the Legos, and it was like, I just heard a thousand tiny voices that said, Help us, stepbrother. <laughs> well, I mean, if anything, 
the movie's end is, what if a whole society gets stuck in the washing machine? The most powerful weapon in the universe. A clothes washer. (laughs) (laughs) None can escape its grasp. Everything Everything inside the washing machine gets stuck. And it is stuck. It is up the now. Is this something like <laughs> it is up for the defined uh, literature uh, stories of lore? Talked about the stepbrother, the one who would free us all. <laughs> the like, I mean, oh no, well no, that's the thing. Joseph Campbell thought about the archetypical, you know, the the hero, the wizard, the stepbrother the wise, with a thousand brother of a thousand faces. Woman, faces. He never uh. considered the archetype of the stepbrother. <laughs> the stepbrother of a thousand faces. <laughs> And of course, it starts out, the the cat is stuck in the tree, and it's shouting, help me, stepbrother, and he saves the cat. (laughs) You have to, to understand what's happening right now, you need to know, you need to know several things. You need to be familiar with Joseph Campbell's Hero of a Thousand Faces and the Hero's Journey. You need to be familiar with... Blake J. Edwards' terrible screenwriting book, Save the Cat. And you also need to be familiar with the trope of stepbrother stuck porn. Uh, so is everyone keeping up? Is everyone, you have is to, everyone on the same page? You have page? to be two parts well-read, one part horrible pervert monster. <laughs> So, all right, all right, so that's my introduction. Uh, why don't you guys go? <laughs> all right, excellent. Uh, for our next piece, we are going to remix um, uh, the, the, the song Car Wash uh, by Missy Elliott, and we're going to somehow <laughs> fuse it with uh, Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and the Baroque fashions of the before times. All right, ready? Everyone ready for this bit? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and let's, let's go. Is it worth it? A baby's no. life. Can we work it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snap that, flip it, and reverse it. That, that of course, is the tide of poverty that we will abet by eating. <laughs> All I'm saying is that babies should be a misdemeanor. A missy misdemeanor, if you will. (laughs) Boy, I didn't think... I thought I had conjured the one fruitless tree in this garden. You know, I I thought for sure we could not make anything out of the first three things that came to my mind. Um... Which, of course, were Missy Elliott's car wash song, Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal, and uh, Baroque Fashion. And But we, congratulations, everyone. We did it. We did you it. You did it, Vern. We, I, I wasn't able to work in Baroque Fashions. Obviously, there was some sort of bit there with Missy Elliott. Instead of wearing that big, inflatable, like, trash bag suit, it's like a giant, you know, like, Victorian dress or something. Uh, but you know, we we got we got majority of it. We there's something on being broke and baroque. Yeah. You know, there's something there's something here. There's there's some there's some minds that we can we can we can find ore here in this uh, in this uh, uh, mine. Uh, but until then, this is of course there's gold in them var bits. <laughs> uh, most That's folks right. are unbeatable. I am unbitable. I will turn That's it right. to a bit. Absolutely. Yeah, the California bit rush of uh, 
of, of 2021. Uh, everyone's headed west uh, with their great bits and skits uh, to attempt to make it into the ground. I regret to inform you that's fool's bits. Those aren't real jokes. <laughs> Uh, we're fucking panning for bits. Tom waits in Ballad of Buster Scruggs, just like I was thinking. I was like, "What?" Digging. <laughs> I think on, I finally. Humor. Just, I'm going to find you, Mister Humor. I finally discovered a great joke, and I turn around, and someone's got their gun pointed at me, and I got to hand their joke, my joke, over to him. It's Carlos ah. Mencia. I've got to hand my joke I discovered <laughs> that I mined out of the hills. Got to hand it over to Carlos Mencia. Uh, no, Carlos, yeah, please. I'm... I'm a poor family man. I need these stepbrother jokes. Can't help you, S.A. <laughs> dee dee dee. And he shoots you. Looks like Can you're you... a real dee dee dee. And he shoots me in the back. Kills me. <laughs> Cause of death shot in the mind of Mencia. <laughs> We must, uh, welcome back to Criminal Minds. Criminal <laughs> Minds of Mencia. <laughs> Criminal Minds of Mencia. Woo! Oh, terrible episode. This is the worst episode we've ever done. Um, but the, this is, of course, your Movies for Babies bonus episode for February 2021. Uh, and here on, uh, the month of its seventh anniversary, uh, we are going to talk about, uh, Lord and Miller's the Lego Movie. The Lego Movie, starring Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. That's right. Starring, they are the uh, principal characters, uh, and uh, Chris Pratt as played by Lord and Miller, uh, Will Ferrell as played by Lord and Miller, Elizabeth Banks as played by Lord and Miller, Allison. I will say. Uh, Everyone uh, in this majority of the cast of this movie, with the exception of Will Ferrell, is like one of those like straight cis white actors that like it is kind of hard to tell. Like it was hard for me to tell watching it back. Like, wait, now is that one Charlie Day? Is that one Charlie Day? So like, if you told me all the voices, with the exception of Phil uh, with Will Ferrell, if you told me all the voices were done by guys named Chris and Phil, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, checks out to me yeah. uh yes this uh uh the the 2014 uh warner brothers branding extravaganza meets is it uh oh, my god danish corporate media uh conglomerate lego um and 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 they have uh fused into uh an unholy beast that somehow uh is one of my favorite movies of all time uh the lego movie now gentlemen before we get into this academic text and really really uh uh pick it apart and piecemeal it out um i would i would like to know each of your histories with the lego movie or even the lego brand mm. uh justin i'll let you go first oh. uh i was a big old lego kid um had like tons like you know had a ton of sets loved the bricks loved the bionicles um I rem- like Bionicles was the big thing I really liked because for some reason Pacific Islander mythology mixed with robots sold yeah. in the yeah. early 2000s. Uh, <laughs> the the um lore heavy <laughs> like Pacific Islander robot 
uh, property bionicles. It yeah, did like, kind of should not have worked by any account. Bionicle was kind of pitched as like Legos for adults, which is weird because like Duplo is Lego for babies. But Bionicle was kind of pitched as like these are your real Legos right here. Well, yeah, no, it, it's, for... it's Legos for teens. Yeah, mm. Legos for teens, but edgy Bionicles. <laughs> <laughs> They each had, uh, like, a different element theming, I think. Because that was, boy, in that in the Bionicle days, we were uh, really, really obsessed with element theming. Um, I know that that wasn't, like, a new concept, but between, like, Avatar and Shaolin Showdown and even, like, the Pokemon craze that was still going on. Digimon. Like, no. Digimon, there are elements, and they are, and some are good against other elements. <laughs> uh, we were, we were very element-based people. I remember uh, that. And, and then uh, I remember playing the Lego computer games a lot too, which is uh. again very weird that Lego did so well as games. A phenomenally popular series of games, mm -hmm. um, many of which I uh, have played. Um, uh, uh, Lego Star Wars, I think, is still, like, the, the biggest one. They've turned, like, every Star Wars into a Lego video game, and I used to, I used to play the shit out of, uh, Lego Star Wars, the complete saga, more than I've ever liked or enjoyed any other piece of Star Wars media. <laughs> I think they really nailed it with Lego Star Wars, the complete saga. Um, that's everything I want out of a Star Wars property, uh, which is indeed the ability for Chewbacca to kill Han Solo, to turn on his master at any moment and rip his arms out of his sockets. <laughs> and and uh, he would explode into a little uh, uh, shower of Lego uh, minifigs. I think that is, um, that's, that's my ideal piece of Star Wars media. But, I mean, they did everything. Once Star Wars caught on, they did Harry Potter. They did Marvel. They did it all, baby. Lord of the Rings, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Yeah, just Jurassic World. A whole a whole game of just Jurassic World. Uh, any Anything they could get uh, their grubby branding mitts on. Uh, Vern, what is your history with Lego? I was a... I, I was a fan of Lego toys as a child, but it was because uh, they were uh, ultimately unknowable. Those were the one kind of, like, toys that, like, my parents would absolutely, like, refuse to uh, acquire for me or purchase for me. And they would uh, tell, like, my aunts and grandparents and whatnot not to get those for me. That was the one toy that they were not cool with us having. Um, purely because they were just, like, afraid of, like, stepping on pieces. <laughs> Uh, and Your parents so, hate the Danes. Yes. That is something that yeah. is well known about the, about the Toolies. I mean, <laughs> my, my mom was a horrible racist, so she probably did have feelings towards the Danes. But uh, I, I, I enjoyed the Legos from afar. It was always a treat whenever someone... Uh, it, was like, it was like a Coke and a glass whenever someone else had Legos and I could play with those Legos. Um... The uh, played a little bit of the games. I remember I had a a girlfriend uh, who really loved uh, Lego Harry Potter, and there were several times where we would hang out and uh, co-op that together, which was a wonderful time. Um, and then the Lego Movie. Uh, my my now wife, at uh, uh, the time girlfriend, uh, she saw this movie whenever it came out. I want to say she saw it on, like, a Sunday night and 
absolutely loved it. And we were supposed to uh, hang out the next night on a Monday night. And I was like, what do you want to do? And she's like, want to go see the Lego movie? And so my wife saw the Lego movie twice in the theaters in two days. Uh, the second time to take me to go see it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it's one of those movies. And I don't know what causes this in cinema. And not not just cinema, but just like art consumption in general. Uh, but there's a lot of things like this where I, I'm a witness to something. I really enjoy it. They make more of that thing, and I'm not interested at all. And I don't know why. Like, still haven't seen Lego. No, movie I understand two. that. Still not seen Lego Movie Two. Still not seen Lego Batman. Not seen Ninjago or whatever. I, uh, like Ninjago, at least I wouldn't expect any of us to pay attention to something that came out well after we were kids. Yeah, Ninjago is... I know that there was, like, a whole television franchise, and, like, there are all sorts of books and comics of Lego Ninjago. It was, like, their second um, Bionicle. Yeah, exactly. Bionicle 2, Re <laughs> Revenge of the Red One. And, um... <laughs> Revenge and of that the is Elements. The, and they then, you know, after after the Lego movie, hits big in 2014. Like, this is a an all-quadrants huge-hit success movie. Uh, no Oscar attention for the Lego movie. Uh, famously, we, uh, famously snubbed. Uh, famously, like, no, I don't think it even got a nomination, and there was a lot of people uh, on the internets that were really upset about that. Uh, I, of course, cannot forget the, the Kevin, or excuse me, Kevin J, the Ken Jennings uh, tweet uh, whenever, because that year, what ended up winning best uh, animated feature was the Box Trolls, and I remember there's a Ken Jennings tweet that's like, asterisks, me boxing up all my children's Legos. Sorry, kids, we're a Box Trolls family now. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, which is a good bit. Uh, I think it was it was actually Big Hero Six. Oh, you're uh, right. Big you're right. Big Hero 6. I think the Box Trolls uh, joke was, while a very good joke, unrelated to... <laughs> uh, maybe it was the nominations. Um, but yeah, of course, up for uh, Best Animated Oscar. Big Hero 6, The Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon 2, uh, Song of the Sea, and The Tales of Princess Kaguya. And you know, uh, those... uh, this, this might be like... I know we're a very anti-Disney podcast... And I and I understand that like sometimes my uh, beliefs and opinions can just uh, tread into the waters of conspiracy, but I do think Disney has the Oscars like either paid off or there's some sort of working agreement because like Big Hero Six, really like it's a fun movie, <laughs> but Big Hero Six, a movie that like no one's thought about, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> they only whenever they were desperate in developing Kingdom Hearts three that anyone remembered Big Hero six. Big Hero six like wins the Academy Award and everyone in the crowd is confused and we pan backstage to the head of the Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and he's just decked out in Baymax gear. Yeah, yeah. like he's just fucking waving a little Baymax. It's flag. a fun movie. I I saw that in theaters as well that same year. I uh, enjoyed the movie, but like it. Big Hero 6 did not permeate the public consciousness in the same way that Lego Movie did. And mm -hmm. there was very few movies subsequent that have permeated the public consciousness the same way that the Lego Movie did. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say um, not till, like, honestly, Spider-Verse. 
Yeah. Yeah. Another uh, uh, Lord and Miller joint. Though, I think we give them a little too much credit for that one, uh, because they only one of them co-wrote it, and none of them directed it. Um, so, you know, I, I just... I want to make sure we credit the right uh, yes, yes. people as a culture, not even as a podcast. Also, the Lego movie and Spider-Verse are the same movie. Uh, I hope I get to get into that later. Um, but uh, it's, it's rapidly yeah, becoming so, every movie. But it's like, oh, the um, sort of uh, a, anonymous nice boy at the center meets a girl with a really cool haircut and a comedic <laughs> reinterpretation of a popular superhero and then meets three other cartoon characters that help them <laughs> on their on their quest uh, to shit. stop a family based bad guy. Um, they're, uh, the same movie. They also are probably my two favorite animated movies of the 2010s. Um, but they are the same movie. Um, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess any movie, if you break it down like that, can be, uh, summed up as the same movie. But even watching Spider-Verse, I was like, is this the fucking Lego movie? Uh, they're also beautifully animated in unique and instantly, um, iconic animated styles. Yeah. Like, they really are put, the, these guys are pushing 3D animation in a very interesting, unique ways. Where as much as I love, like, I thought Pixar's soul was, like, beautifully animated, um, but this is going for, like, its own sort of unique and interesting approach to uh, animation. This yes. is probably a, a weird thing, uh... And I'm probably the only person who has thought about this movie uh, in the last couple years, in the last over a decade. But I was, uh, upon rewatching uh, re the Lego movie, I was thinking a lot about uh, Flushed Away, the Aardman sure. uh, an animation uh, DreamWorks thing. And the thing about Flushed Away is that's not actually stop motion animation. It is CG that is made to look like stop motion animation, and uh, which this movie I think certainly is as well. Yes, yes. and I feel like uh, I was thinking about it a lot, and I, I kind of got it in, the, in my head that maybe like flushed away walked so Lego Movie could run. Uh, this no, I think you're right. This movie like flushed away doesn't feel the same as like a Wallace and Gromit or a Chicken Run. Uh, but this, like, uh, duped people. This movie, like, this movie, like, duped people. People, like, legitimately thought it was stop motion with Legos. It was such... Yeah. So convincing with the animation. So uh, convincing. And, like, you know, you, you look it up and you're like, oh, every Lego piece, um, utilized in this movie. Like, the world, every piece they use is an actual Lego piece, which mm. just sounds absurd. Which just seems like, as an, if you're a, the designer of this movie, that you're just, like, pouring through <laughs> Lego manuals. is like, ah, oh, fuck, okay, this piece number needs to go over here. You're like an engineer, even more than you're, like, an artistic designer. Yeah. You're, like, literally building these, these buildings. But, of course, that all goes to um, serve the third act twist? Of this movie, uh, there are so many elements of this uh, film that become really stark once you learn the actual reality that we mm. are uh, occupying. I don't know why I'm being so cagey. This movie came out seven years ago and everyone's seen it. Hugely uh, that popular. This is, 
Yeah, that this is in an an animated. Uh, this is in the imagination space of a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also maybe only kind of. Uh, we can we can talk about that. Uh, this uh, this movie like it's uh it's just an endless. I want to say void, but that implies a negative. Uh, endless like endless uh wave of like creativity. Uh, I really like like there's several times where things explode and instead of just like the bricks flying off into a million pieces they create mushroom clouds with the bricks mm-hmm. and then uh everything flies off uh this this movie like does a very good job of recreating or capturing what we as children envision when we play with our toys mm-hmm like yeah uh in in our in our you know in, in in our physical world in our reality whenever like a lego car wrecks we just take the pieces apart but i feel like you know in our in our imaginations it's much more vivid and it probably looks like what the uh, the lego movie like does uh this mm-hmm. this movie is just like wildly creative and uh and just uh very it's like inventive uh you know just like the little things like um at the very beginning of the movie when lego minifigure voiced by morgan freeman uh vitruvius, this, vitruvius uh, named he, after the greek architect uh, of course yeah. uh who uh that. looks like a 60s hippie mm-hmm. like an old ass hippie it's great uh, uh rules but he he does that thing where like he runs and stops and whenever he stops it like kicks up dirt, but instead of dirt, it's just a little tiny Lego mini fig, uh, mini bricks. Uh, Unbelievable. And it's just like little touches like that. It feels like they, uh, I, I will always award points for uh, leaning into a thing and for going big. And uh, they absolutely leaned into this idea and leaned into this aesthetic. And it's, uh, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Just an artistic marvel. Uh, and also part of the reason, like, it was people rightfully complained whenever it was panned because like, and I'm not like trying to dog on big hero six, but like this did kind of invent a subgenre of animation and subgenre of film the same way that like Pulp Fiction did back in 94, whenever it lost to Forrest Gump, there's uh, so many movies. This movie exists in the DNA of so many other future films uh absolutely and, it, and in some ways it's like movies that are directly trying to like capitalize on mm-hmm. this like the fucking playmobile movie mm-hmm. um or uh but the dna of this i'm like oh i can see this in trolls like i can see them trying to capture this same idea and style and approach mm-hmm. in in all these other movies including but not limited to the three other lego movies that yes. they made you know yes. um that to uh, and the Lego Batman movie, I think, is uh, really also excellent. I think it's a, a remarkably well done. Uh, my my favorite Batman movie since the '60s. Uh, like it's just really funny and and inventive and captures the spirit of this movie very well. Um, something that even this movie's own sequel could not do. Like did just could not make it happen in the same way. And I have not seen Ninjago. Uh, I apologize to all you Ninjago heads out there, uh, but I, I have I have failed you by not seeing Lego Ninjago. 
Was sorry. I know. So I know. Was that the was that the fourth thing? Because I know they did Lego Movie. I know they did Lego Batman. Lego Batman was the follow up, and they did yes. Lego Movie Two. But I feel like there was a fourth one. Was that Ninjago? Was it Ninjago? Ninjago Lego the movie. Ninjago. Okay. Um, and it had like most of the cast of like Silicon Valley, uh, Justin Thoreau. It had like all these all these guys in there. Um, and it honestly is like what kills the steam of this quote unquote franchise, which is like fine. I think franchises should stop at a certain point. I don't think we should make Star Wars movies forever, but I'm not gonna get into that right now. Um, that like. It's okay for the Lego Movie franchise to die. They made four of them. It's it's okay. Um, and but the, by the time we get to Lego Movie Two, which is the fourth <laughs> Lego franchise movie, I just I like it did fine, and I saw the movie and it was fine. Uh, but anytime I'm like, oh, should I revisit Lego Movie Two? I'm like, well, why don't I just watch Lego Movie One <laughs> instead? Like, why would I? Why would I watch Lego Movie Two when Lego Movie One is right there? Uh, um, which is the same feeling I have with like Toy Story Three, mm. where I'm like, but the other three Toy Story movies are right here. If I'm gonna watch a Toy Story movie, why would I pick three? Um, unless I'm doing the franchise. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. You you mentioned Justin Thoreau, and uh, what a career that guy's had. Like, he oh, a voice actor me. Uh, in the Lego Movie Two. He plays Jesus in The Ten, a David Wayne comedy. He He's a big role in Mulholland Drive, a David Lynch <laughs> movie. Uh, and uh, he's the writer of this. He's a screenwriter for Iron Man 2. Like, and uh, one of the Zoolander screenwriters. And one of the Zoolander, like, um, uh, I'm sorry, I just, what an interesting guy. He was the lead of uh, the Damon Lindelof HBO show The Leftovers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like he, what a what a career that that guy has had. Um, and and uh, you know, just sort of like bonus points. I don't know if he's still doing it, but he used to fuck Jennifer Aniston. So like, oh, you know, okay. good for good for Justin Thoreau. There you go. You know what I mean? Good for him <laughs> and her. <laughs> good for everyone involved. Good for everyone involved. Uh, he has a uh, no lines cameo in uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. It's just like what a career this guy's had. <laughs> the guy loves what an to interesting work. man. He loves to work. He loves and to work. People and apparently love with, uh, to work with him. Yeah, he, and he lo- he loves working with interesting people. He's got an interesting cavalcade of friends. Yeah, because like everything we've just listed, um, those are like interesting uh, writers and filmmakers. Even like David Wayne. I love David Wayne. <laughs> Um, and, and I think he makes silly comedies, but they're interesting little silly comedies. is the only person in the history of the universe that whenever he says, I'm going to go hang out with David, you don't know if he's talking about David Wayne or David Lynch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Maybe the most Man. interesting guy in the universe, Justin Thoreau. Maybe just based on Justin that. Thoreau. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Sorry to derail. I just, I just meaningful know. time with both of those uh, bastions of independent cinema, Lynch and Wayne, <laughs> the Davids. Um, yeah, what a, what an interesting guy. But that's that's for our Lego Ninjago episode coming. Uh, never. Uh, we <laughs> we are we are back to this uh, movie, which. Whatever your favorite sitcom is, 
a supporting character from that sitcom has a voice in this movie. Because you got fucking Community, you got Parks and Rec, you got Arrested Development, you got New Girl, you got Sunny, um, Rock. Elizabeth ba- Elizabeth Banks from Wet Hot American Summer, the TV show, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Will Ferrell. Like, you've got just, like, whoever, whatever your favorite show is, there's someone from that show in this movie somewhere. I never got it. I never understood it. Uh, and part of me felt like a bad comedy nerd for not getting it and not for uh, appreciating it and caring for it. But uh, this movie, at the time that it was released, the biggest movie in the universe, uh, made by Phil Miller and Chris Chris Miller, Phil Lord. Okay, okay, I get the two confused. They're two white guys. You got it. You got it right. The second. Okay. Time. They're uh, humble beginnings. A canceled show on MTV Two, Clone High. Clone uh, High. And, Wait, uh, Will Forte from Will Clone Forte. High, uh, reprising his role as Abraham Lincoln in this movie. Yes, uh, I <laughs> never got Clone High. Clone High uh, premiered within the same block of animation, of new, same block of shows as another cartoon called Three South. Uh, and Three South was my jam. I loved Three South. But everyone, like, still to this day, uh, we hear people talk about Clone High and how much they enjoyed Clone yeah. High and... I'm I never, a clone high guy. I never say. got it. I never understood it. But uh, they go from a, a canceled show on MTV2, not even MTV, but MTV2, <laughs> to uh, the biggest movie in the universe, to getting fired from what would have been a big movie in the universe, uh, Star Wars, uh, a solo, uh, Han Solo, the... A solo, a solo story. story. A, a solo, solo star, a solo star, star solo, solo, <laughs> solo man. In, uh, the the movie with the least interesting premise in the universe. What if Han Solo but young? Yes. Uh, uh, Han a Solo movie they origin clearly movie. Tried making it into a comedy as the only way they could engage with it. Uh, right. Uh, so actually, let's do the full Lord and Miller talk, shall okay, we? Let's let's, let's. Okay. So welcome um, to Miller talk. Welcome to Miller Talk. Miller and they had both like had jobs before this, but they do Clone High, which is uh, they co-create with Bill Lawrence, uh, probably still most famous as the showrunner of Scrubs, uh, but has done many, many programs since then, including Ted Lasso, uh, the the popular show on the Apple uh, streaming service, whatever that is called. Um, they all have pluses at the at the end of them now. We we love a plus, don't we, folks? Um, and and Clone High is like it's like thirteen episodes. Like it's not around for that long, um, and it has has maintained a sort of cult status to the point where it's coming back. Like HBO Max has just approved two full new seasons of Clone High, um, which is which is you know good for Lord and Miller. Then they they pass around, they work on various other shows, and then their big swing, their next big swing, is 21 Jump Street, uh, which they are the directors of, uh, which proves to be a gigantic comedy hit, uh, one of the, the biggest hits of the of the 2010s, uh, as far as like mainstream comedy goes, um, which would make it one of the last big mainstream comedy hits. Um, and, <laughs> and so they do Jump Street, uh, which is, you know, uh, very successful. I think it's part of like the Channing Tatum uh, renaissance that we've seen in the last few years. Um, and they catapult that into being... Uh, they're they're going to go down as uh, one of those directors that made two movies in the same year, 
Um, and of course they put out the Lego movie and 22 Jump Street, both in 2014, mm, uh, the storied yeah. year of 2014, uh, 22 Jump Street, one of the few good comedy sequels, um, maybe the only one, I'm sure someone would have a counter example for that, but, oh, Hot Shots Part G. how can I forget Hot Shots Part Better Gia? than the original. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, because instead of parodying just Top Gun, they parody every movie made up until 1994. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, and the Gulf War. So they, so they do that and they, they do that massive hit. And then as Vern said, they are slated to be the directors of Solo, a Star Wars story. In China, um, uh, called Ranger Solo, uh, Hell yeah! An Much better to, title. An attempt to trick the audience into seeing a Star Wars movie because uh, Star Wars does not do well in China. It's interesting. Well, they famously hate both stars and wars, so yes. it's a real losing. It's a yes. real losing proposition. So they uh, do that, um, and that they base they shoot a huge chunk of the movie before they are then fired <laughs> mm-hmm. midstream um, and replaced uh, by Ron Howard. A journeyman. Uh, listen, Ron Howard's done some good movies, and uh, also a lot of other movies. But he's done some good movies. It's it's he's not a he's not a hack. Right. Uh, but but by who, any who best can capture the wonder and whimsy of the Star Wars franchise than the guy who did Almost Famous? Different guy. I'm That's Cameron Crowe. Don't listen to me. You fool. You absolute fool. Uh, Ron Howard, uh, I guess his best movie is probably Apollo 13. That's um, it. I'm, is... I'm an idiot. No, don't you say that about my friend Justin. So Listen, uh, I know 13... how much we all love Justin Thoreau. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the new cast member now. <laughs> yeah, replacing Justin. Um, uh, but Ron Howard, you know, for every Apollo 13, he does a Jim Carrey's The Grinch, uh, for, for every, uh, Rush or, or Frost Nixon, uh, there is always three Da Vinci Code movies, um, <laughs> only one of which anyone on Earth has seen. Oh, that's you right. Oh, prove- he was the fucking hillbilly elegy guy. Yes, uh, because we all, as as I always say, that old Southern phrase, there are three kinds of people, a good Terminator, a bad Terminator, and a neutral Terminator. Um, and uh, before the end of this pod, we will decide which of us is the good Terminator, <laughs> which is the bad, and which is the neutral Terminator. But they get Ron Howard, and that movie comes out, and like, you could, you would literally have to pay me to see it. I could not care. Yeah. I love Donald Glover. I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I, uh, Alden Ehrenreich uh, was hot off of Hail Caesar when he gets that role, and it killed all the momentum he had coming out of Hail Caesar. Uh, <laughs> listen, there are three kinds of people. There are good stepbrothers, there are bad stepbrothers, <laughs> there are neutral stepbrothers. Yeah. The, uh, the neutral stepmother just watches as she's stuck. The good stepbrother <laughs> helps when she's stuck. The bad stepbrother helps when she's stuck. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, all, uh, the, uh, the, uh, I, I, words are hard. I can't say his name. Uh, famously given, uh, hired, uh, they hired an acting coach and put him through acting lessons during, uh, Solo, a Star Wars stor- uh, story. Uh, and because Disney is a mega media conglomerate and also the pettiest company in the world publicized that he, uh, had to take acting lessons uh, which, like, 
you know he doesn't because we've seen Hail Caesar. Like, he's a good actor. He mm -hmm. does not need to take acting lessons. I don't know why they had to bury Phil and Chris, but also bury their lead in that movie. Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, apparently, that movie's, like, good. Apparently, it's a it's a good Star Wars movie. Uh, people who famously don't like Star Wars movies, Red Letter Media, uh, really enjoy that one. Uh, I've never seen it because... It's a Star Wars movie, and I just can't be arsed. Um, there's a there's a weird uh, is the dad Lawrence Kasdan uh, is that the yeah okay so he wrote the screenplay for Solo, and uh, they were uh, Phil and Chris were encouraging ad libbing on uh, on Solo, and like someone at someone on the production called uh, Lawrence Kasdan. To tell them that like they're ad libbing your script, and that made him furious, and like he flew to the set to try to get them to stop ad libbing his precious little movie. Oh, and, oh, oh, his his gems of dialogue. Yeah, uh, and then I think, from what I understand, like he's the one that like got into contact with Disney and was like, we need to do something about these guys. Uh, but also, uh, we were talking about Ron Howard and Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, there's a movie that came out, a beloved movie uh, around these parts, that completely, like, that made movies like Hillbilly Elegy completely obsolete from here until eternity. And that is Walk Hard, a Dewey Cox story. Uh, and <gasps> any kind of Hillbilly drama does not work because any kind of Hillbilly drama and any kind of, like, music documentary no longer, or not documentary, but drama. Uh, does not work because of Walk Hard anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Walk Hard, a Dewey Cox story, uh, has a bit part by Rance Howard, Ron Howard's uh, brother? Father? Um, but it's also Step directed brother. by... Stepbrother. That's right, I remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, he called for Ron. He said, help me, stepbrother. And uh, Ron cast him in something. Uh, but also, uh, Walk Hard is directed by Jake Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan's uh, son. So there's uh, weird combinations between, or weird uh, connections between Solo mm. and Walk Hard and Ron Howard. And I don't know, it seems like, you know, and I maybe I'm wrong because all Jake Kasdan's doing now is directing the Jumanji movies. Uh, but it, it seems as though, like, uh, I don't know, the young guys uh, who have broken into the system and not been a part of the system are creating the things that are still remembered and still thought about and still talked about positively to this day. Things like Walk Hard and the Lego movie. And it seems like the old guard are the the ones that are desperately clinging on for life, like your your Lawrence Kasdan's. The and old your, new Hollywood. Yeah, I, uh, it seems like they're the ones that, that are, the ones that are clinging to the life raft uh, are not the ones that are still being talked about. And uh, I don't know, maybe we should... Later, let our Jake Castens and our Phil and Chris's and our Alden from Hail Caesars just like do what they want because they're good at what they do. Uh, they just do something in a different flavor than what the old guard likes. Let let the youth lead the way as far as like the future of cinema. We cannot, we cannot, you know, um, there, there are still several like aged directors that are making good, consistent relevant interesting movies his name is martin scorsese <laughs> but um but too often we just get saddled with 
the oh we must stick with the old guard whereas like the new guard wants to try something new and interesting and speak to a popular z- uh, uh, consensus or zeitgeist or or speak to the future uh, but we keep looking at the fucking past and there is no greater example of that than the current slate of star wars yeah. uh where it's all about looking backward baby um even the thing that seemed new that show that everybody likes with the little guga you know it had to start working in characters from cartoon shows from 20 years ago yeah. uh we just it, it can't look forward uh, but uh, and uh, that is the last we will discuss of star wars <laughs> in this episode uh even when star wars characters show up later in the movie um i we will not do it um do we uh, want to uh, dive into a plot-based uh, 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 element of discussing this movie? We I absolutely don't think can. It I didn't take any to. notes. <laughs> because... oh. Sure, that's fine. We can we can continue on. I mean, it's not so um, linear or plot-based because usually when we talk about the mm-hmm. plot of a movie, it's so that we can be like, "What the fuck was this? What's going on?" Uh, this movie is largely airtight as far as its plot goes so there's mm. no need to like pick apart like every scene or yeah. or every uh moment or mm. anything like that um the star wars part of the movie is my least favorite part there's a couple like good jokes but i'm like oh this is just a star wars reference and mm. i just don't have the oh my god it's c3po that a lot of people seem to have so i, I this is actually a question i want to ask you guys so the base premise of this movie is what is a bunch of people trying to express their imagination against one man trying to limit that imagination. But mm-hmm. these icons of imagination are mostly brand characters. Uh one of them is as far as like our main our main cast but cadre. the majority of per- portrayed master builders are yes like existing property characters um yeah a lot of most a lot of them are gandalf and dumbledore and and etc and then there's like a lot of the master builders uh beyond that are like here are famous lego sets mm-hmm. here is the spaceman set with the uh, helmet broken in that middle place that all the used, little Lego helmets used to break, or like the mermaid, or 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 what have you, and a lot of DC characters in here as well. Um, but I have complex thoughts about this, um, and I think that is all part of the movie and not an undermining of the movie. Mm-hmm. But my spiel is probably going to be a little long if you all want to address this particular topic of conversation first uh, i'm curious to hear what you have to say yeah i mean my question was do you how do you think that engages with the film's theme of anyone can be expressive and we need and we need to respect that to each other in order to build something greater like sure. a relationship uh, between a father and son indeed um so uh i don't i didn't actually talk about like my history with this movie but for a while there i was known for liking this movie um and and our our friend of the show uh doomed to you star avery waddell uh when working at a movie theater gifted me 
uh, a Lego uh, movie standee, the one of the ones with like the rotating faces and bodies. Um, and that was a uh, prop in my living situation for two years. Um, I think it was also Avery Waddell who gifted me a little Lego set of the double-decker couch with a few uh, characters uh, that is sitting out on my DVD shelf right now. Um, so I like this movie. And I think that this movie's message is not as simple as unbridled creativity good, following the directions bad. Because uh, that seems like the, the the premise at the beginning, right? Is that like the, the normal, ordinary chain food restaurant loving construction worker guy who has never had an original thought in his entire mind. Or I'm sorry, has had one original thought in his entire life. Um, and it's very stupid that he, that it seems like, oh no, we're fucked. This guy that likes pop music is our chosen one. And this movie is a good refutation of the chosen one narrative. When, when Vitruvius just says, I made up the prophecy. It's, it's fake. It doesn't mean anything. I made it up. But there, uh, uh, I think, uh, this movie is an excellent, um, indication of like, Sometimes creativity is not structurally sound, and there does need to be some unifying idea here, or we do need to follow the instructions sometimes, but it's not as if we either follow the instructions or do unbridled creativity, right? Because, like, the... The, the when they when they construct the submarine and everyone is working independently uh with their own full unbridled creativity and there's no cooperation the submarine falls apart almost instantly right like even these quote unquote master builders cannot build a functional submarine um and the only part of the submarine that remains structurally sound is the silly double-decker couch that is built. Um, that sometimes, and that and, and that is the, the end of our second act of this movie, like, when they're doing the break-in, is, like, this movie is about Phil Lord and Chris Miller trying to sneak art into the studio system. They are, this movie is about how you smuggle in actual good, interesting creativity, but you have to do it by making a Lego movie, a movie with all these brands. Or you have to do it by adapting a 1980s cheesy teen cop show into ribald comedy with Jonah Hill and, and Channing Tatum. Like, this is how you actually make interesting and good art within the studio system, is you have to play a little bit of ball. You have to follow their instructions and their ideas of what is good, and then you try and modify it in your own interesting way. Anyway, I'm sure I was talking for like 10 minutes there, and I do apologize to to the both of you. It's all good. Uh, no, it's fine. Very interesting. Uh, very interesting things to... Uh... There's a lot going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Oh, here's a question. Is uh, Will Ferrell in this movie... A man baby. Yes. Um, watching it, because this is actually the first time I've seen this in years. I'm not I'm not putting this one on every other uh, day nowadays. Um, even though, again, early in my post college postgraduate life, uh, a thing that happened to me several times was someone invited me over for dinner and they said, bring the Lego movie. Um, so <laughs> I, I hadn't seen this one in a long time. And 
between my last viewing of the Lego movie and now, um, we have lived through the fandom menace of Star Wars. Like, all of the last Jedi fallout has happened between the last time I watched the Lego movie and now. And last night when I watched it. Uh, and but yeah, Oh yeah, this... Lego movie came out the year Gamergate started. Exactly. It oh, came out God. like fucking 2014. Um, so like all this shit has happened. And I, uh, uh, Vern and I at least share a mutual friend who said like the dad in the Lego movie is correct. Like this kid is, is in the wrong for doing what he did. And after you know, a solid, like, five years of, like, adult men trying to co-opt and own this thing that is meant for children. And this, you know, we can rope in comic books into this and video games, like, all this shit that, that grown men who refuse to, to grow up and expand themselves try to keep hoarded to themselves. Which, ironically, um, considering that fandoms were initially started by women like exchanging letters talking about western dime novels in the 1800s exactly it's kind of rich to fucking hear from these guys right and that like to watch the dad in this movie who's like a you know obviously a corpo businessman who has this like elaborate lego set in the basement to to have him I, you know cuz it is like complex but it's like when you have two kids I'm sorry, you don't get to <laughs> have elaborate Lego sets they're not allowed to touch. Mm-hmm. Like, you gave that up when you decided to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to watch him, like, hoard this thing that is such a childhood sense of joy is, like, of course he's not correct and needs to, like, remove the glue and take it down and play Legos with his kid. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Uh, I uh, I talked with our friend... Uh, about this because I wanted to, uh, uh, I knew that, uh, they uh, had, uh, a different take on the movie and I wanted to, I've seen this movie before and I wanted to kind of watch the movie with that take in mind. Um, and I think I fall somewhere in between you two. Uh, so I guess I'm the neutral terminator, uh, the mutual stepbrother. Um, I, I talked with our friend uh, Lou about this, um, and they, they 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 said some interesting things. Um, uh, they they uh, their interpretation of the film, uh, amongst their interpretation of the film, is that the dad is like on the spectrum or like neurotypical. Um, interesting. Which mm. I I think that's that's an interesting thing, um, and that might explain. <sighs> I'm, I I want to I want to choose my words carefully because I don't want to uh, offend or alienate or demean or anything like that. But like, I am a person whose brain functions differently than what is considered the norm, and uh, part of the way that functions is like seeking and receiving some sort of gratification from order and things being in their place. And so I can, I can, I can understand and uh, appreciate and sympathize more if that character, if the, if the father character, Will Ferrell is like on the spectrum or is neurotypical. Um, A couple of years ago, 
uh, as a as a as a holiday gift, my wife got me the Lego Yellow Submarine set, and that was genuinely the first Lego set I'd ever had in my life. And I will say, um, and this is perhaps just because of the way my brain is wired and people's brains are wired differently. I took a lot of pleasure and joy out of just like reading the instructions and building the thing the way it was supposed to be. And there was a great deal of satisfaction of looking at it and like, ah, I did it. It is correct. Um, uh, famously or maybe famously or, or something, uh, Trey Parker of, of South Park, um, that's what he does whenever he cannot think uh, for ideas for episodes of South Park or movies is he buys Lego sets and just builds them to the letter. Uh, it's a, it's a, he says it's a, a form of like meditation for him. It gets his mind uh, moving in a certain groove and it helps him find episodes and find ideas and everything. Uh, and then the other thing I was thinking about whenever I was watching this movie is in the year 2014, when I watched this, uh, I I was a different person in the year 2014 when this came out than I am now. And in the year 2021, I am something, as talked about uh, in the previous episode, I'm something of a toy boy. And I've uh, managed to uh, accumulate a collection of toys, uh, some on my own volition, some from just gifts. Um, and I will say, like, there's something about, like, they come in the mail and they're in their package. And when I was a kid, I would just rip these things up and tear them out of their package and, and go ape with them. And now as an adult, like, I have a hard time bringing them out of their packages. I accidentally, like, I accidentally let one breathe the other day. I uh, messed, uh, with, messed with it in a way where, like, it came open. Uh, and I, I accidentally let one breathe and I was a little, like, upset there for a second. Uh, and I was thinking about it, I'm like, what's different between me as a child and me now, where it's like, I'm okay with letting these breathe back then, but not now, and they have to be hermetically sealed in their original packaging. Um, and whenever I break it down and really look at it, I, I think, like, it's still the same, it's just, it just hits different. It's a different flavor now. Um, and... This is a, a long spiraling thing, and I'm sorry if I'm rambling here, but, like, part of the reason I've gotten into collecting and have a toy collection now is to reclaim a childhood that I did not have or reclaim a childhood that was denied of me. And uh, not that I'm a, a man baby. Uh, I, I have complex feelings, and I'm able to uh, express them. And uh, I'm not one of those people that, like, think you're watching a movie wrong or think you're playing with toys wrong. And like, I have no opinions whatsoever on like a Marvel movie. I didn't care one way or the other. Whenever Captain America said, hail Hydra, I don't care. Like <laughs> I don't care that Ray and, um, uh, Kylo Ren did not end up together. Uh, you know, like, I don't know, like this is long and rambly, but like, I think there's, different ways of enjoying a hobby and i don't necessarily think that one way is correct or incorrect mm. um i do understand what you're saying was like if you have a child you have to give that up 
Um, and uh, I know... I'm not saying you can't build Lego sets. Mm. You know, like, that. that is a very, like therapeutic you know meditative is a good like word for it there's something that's like very satisfying about putting that together Mm -hmm. or even like it's the same satisfaction you get from like taking a bunch of ingredients and making a meal out of it you know you're like ah yes i have taken a thing and per the directions i've created a thing that is not what i'm trying to to get at or say um but to say like no child you are not allowed to play with legos um, is, uh, as Vern, you experienced, you know, can, can leave a kid a little wanting and mm-hmm. can leave a kid feeling a little maybe unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think like ultimately where I lay as far as like the theming of this movie, maybe, or the idea behind the movie or the character at least is just like, uh, kind of just what I think about just in life in general is that like people should kind of get their own issues uh, discovered and figured out before they have they before they bring children into the world. <laughs> Maybe like I think uh, what we can all decide is that therapy should be free for all. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Like, uh, Maybe that's the answer. Both of what you said, therapy should be free, and kids are not a solution. If if anything, they add to the problem. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, I, I thought it was interesting looking at the movie through that frame that perhaps uh, he he's on the spectrum, uh, and also like uh, our friend uh, Lou also discussed that like something I thought was interesting is like the the child in this movie um, Grogu uh, should part of their issues with this movie is like the child doesn't respect boundaries. And I thought that was an interesting take as well, that, like, it's not so much that the kid is playing with the Legos, but it's because he's disrespecting a boundary. Uh, and I and I think that's a good lesson to learn as well. Like, you should learn people's personal boundaries and what to do and what not to do and what other people are comfortable with. Like, God, I hate that I'm doing this right now, but, like, uh, that I'm talking about this in a fucking Lego movie discussion. But, like, it's good for children to learn, like, things about consent mm-hmm. and like sure what people's boundaries are it's just uh i think what it ultimately what ultimately happens with this movie is because this movie is so boundlessly creative and like endlessly creative and got so many ideas in it like they opened a they opened a can of worms i think with this with this third act with this ending or whatever and uh because this movie is a creative movie and it inspires creativity uh it gets your brain working in a certain way when you look at this movie and you review this movie and you talk about this movie it does a good job uh it makes you want to think and discuss the creative works but discussing creative works and thinking about something constructively and creatively could end up being a detriment to the movie because you could think too hard about it. I don't know. I've been talking way too long. No, 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 no. What you talked about (laughs) was really, no, like what was really interesting, um, especially talking about, you know, the father and him feeling like his boundaries are being violated. Like that's a perspective that I'd honestly never heard, heard before. So that was really interesting. This is, this is, I'm not a smart man. This was all my friend Lou, uh, who, uh, 
who 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 brought this to my mind. Um, I think it's just like, and I think that's part of what makes this movie such a good movie. Um, so many of the movies that I really enjoy are those ones that are just like, kind of like a rabbit hole of ideas. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I I'm sure everyone who's listening to this knows this about me, but like, God, I fucking love Swiss Army Man. I love that movie so much. Uh, but like, there's so much that that movie could be about. <laughs> and no pe- no yeah. two people who've walked away from that movie, apart from the people that walk away from that movie, are like, that was weird. Uh, no people who like receive that movie with an open heart and an open mind leave that movie with the same interpretation. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Uh, Lego movie is like, Baby's first thinker. <laughs> sure. It yeah. It's good to think in a new way. Baby's first Plato's cave. <laughs> right. And and people go and like, well, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you think happened? <laughs> like, what do you think the interpretation you were supposed to get? P- I... I'm not, I don't think this is new, because I think if anybody asked their parents, maybe not Justin's dad, but, like, any, if anyone asked their parents about, like, interpreting a movie, most parents I know are not particularly good at that, so I don't think it's something we've lost the ability to do, but I think people... Oh, I've talked about this before, um, and it's based on an Emily Vanderwerf quote when discussing The Last Temptation of Christ of all movies. Oh where we because we used to have these these pillars of society the church the school the government um that we used to they used to provide us morality and then we would use that morality to go interpret art mm-hmm. now because those structures have fallen either in our eyes or literally now we expect art to give us answers And that is something that art is not specifically good at doing. Mm -hmm. Art is much better at allowing you to ask questions, Mm -hmm. to presenting ideas, and then asking the audience to then reciprocate with questions. And I think this discussion of, like, is this right or, or, you know, who, where do the boundaries lie with this parent-son dynamic is a good one to have and like something you should like more movies should make you walk away with like complex feelings mm-hmm. that you then need to unravel like after i saw like parasite and i was like i need to just go for a walk and just like <laughs> think about the movie parasite and just like let let it turn over in my head people want like the movie to give them the lesson and then kick them out the door mm-hmm. but that is not something that movies are good at doing in a way that feels like good and organic um we we should weigh over these things and talk about these things there shouldn't be a youtube subgenre where it's (laughs) blank movie explained and it's just someone sitting too close or too far from the camera and just (laughs) recapping the synopsis yeah of like what happened yeah what is that like happened in the movie and then Every, like, 45 seconds, like, absolutely, I can't, you can't even call it fumbling a joke, because fumbling requires some momentum. They just Uh put a, gently put a joke down on the floor. You know what it might be with the Lego movie is, the Lego movie opens 
up like a lot of questions in your mind. But it has that you know it, it you know the 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 planet Duplo comes in and it plays everything that's awesome and that's it. And like obviously the Lego Movie won't have this. A Warner Brothers animation uh, movie will not have this. But like it doesn't have that A twenty four ending <laughs> where you walk out you're like what was that? And you ha- it doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't like uh it doesn't mark just... Marin was talking about not liking marvel movies and star wars movies and he's like i'm an adult i want to go see a movie and not understand the ending yeah <laughs> and be like did he die what was that and i think like <laughs> i think maybe what happens here is the lego movie like it asks you all those questions and before those questions can take root in your brain it goes. It starts blaring everything as awesome in your ear, and you're like, "Well, no, well, yeah! no." I would argue. I would argue that the end of the movie is to restart its cycle because the opening of the movie is a man furious that his status quo is being disrupted, and then it cuts to, and then the time skip is the age of his son, mm. and then then it does a thing where, then, the son establishes a new status quo and immediately that's broken and he has to reckon with that which exactly. is exactly because now he has to oh well his new status quo okay is connected with his father oh now he has to connect uh connect with legos with his uh sister yeah yeah very and interesting that's that yeah it's very it opens a new door the sequel have either of you seen the lego movie yes. the second part it, I have not. okay it, 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 it it's ambitious it was there's some interesting stuff. Yeah. I don't think it's like all completely successful, but like I didn't I didn't hate it. No. You know, I I liked it. Uh but the movie is all about the the kid and the sister. Mm-hmm. It's like the B story of the Lego movie the second part. Gotcha. Is like the the kid and the sister um forging a relationship and like learning to to get along. I thought it was pretty uh fruitful. I thought it was a very interesting mm-hmm. uh subplot even though that means that like most of our beloved funny supporting characters from the Lego movie one don't get anything to do in the sequel because we have to like spend a bunch of time with this kid and his sister. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, I couldn't tell you anything, any of the supporting character, anyone but Emmett does in the sequel. Um, I, I could not tell you, uh, but I did only see it once a couple years ago and my brain is old and damaged and frail. Um, but yeah, there's, Part of me was thinking about watching the second one in prepare, preparation for this, but uh, time, time, time. <laughs> I I appreciate you uh, taking the time to squeeze in this viewing though. Oh, uh, that you that you got some good Lego movie injected right into your veins. Absolutely, no, it was a good time. Uh, it was uh, you know sometimes like homework movies uh, are not you don't get excited to watch a homework movie. Uh, but very shortly into this, I was like, "All right, all right, well, this is this is this is a good time." <laughs> no, we're good. We're enjoying we're this. Good. We're good. Look at this animation. Look at how they put the scratches on the Legos into the character models. Look at yes. the way that the the light hits them. It's beautiful. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's absolutely a uh, 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 tremendous uh, time. Good. Good flick. Uh, best on screen Batman. <laughs> My favorite Batman, uh, uh, Will Arnett from the Lego movie. If you guys don't mind, I know I've talked a whole bunch, but if you don't mind me talking a little bit more. Nah, do it. Uh, I was thinking about this movie, and I was thinking about the possibly problematic messages or things that can be received problematic 
in this movie, uh, you know, like uh, the some of the ideas that are presented and that could maybe be interpreted in a certain way. Uh, oh, so about- you mean like how the Federalist newspaper uh, wrote wrote the article with the headline, uh, is Lego Movie secretly the most pro-liberty film? <laughs> I did not know that was a thing. Uh, and that... <laughs> And that I mean, me listen, if I if I know anything about Emmett, Wildstyle, Batman, Unikitty, Benny, Metalbeard, and Vitruvius, they are pro-liberty. This are, these are patriots. These are patriots of the nation of Cloud Cuckoo Land. Um, just, I, they are, they are... <laughs> I'm sorry, Vern, go oh, ahead. Uh, uh, the uh, you know, thing. it's, uh, it, there's, uh, I guess there's that, uh, and there's, uh, of course, we we you would think we'd get into it, but we didn't get to it into it more like this movie. Uh, again, we don't choose these on purpose. It doesn't happen on purpose. This this movie does feature a bad cop whose name is Bad Cop. Uh, His name and, is Bad. I was watching this movie and I was like, "Wow, the cops are the bad guys in the like a movie," right? yeah, which is uh, not something you see in a kids film very often. Like a kids film will sometimes have like the feds as bad guys, like at the end of like E.T. But um, and, uh, the cops are the bad guys, well, and they work it for means the. That the only non-robot person who works for Lord Business is good slash bad cop. Is it because the cops are just fucking robots, baby, and, and they work for the big corporations, and they work for the president? They don't work for you. <laughs> not just cops, but like cops that are under the authority of like a fascist dictator. What? <laughs> Who who owns all media and voting machines? Yeah, like, a, a, a businessman who becomes uh, the leader. Uh, which uh, that was a, a shot that perhaps Phil and Chris did not. I, I wish they wouldn't have called so successfully. Um, <laughs> uh, and then there's of course like whether whether we like it or not, and whether it's good or not. Like this is branded content. Uh, to the extent that, like, when the Lego Movie 2 came out, this was used as ads on YouTube. You could go on YouTube and click on a video, and they would play the entirety of the Lego Movie if you didn't hit skip. Um, this movie was used as an ad. Uh, what the but fuck? I was, I was thinking about that. But it's, like, despite all that, like, it's still an enjoyable time. Mm. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time since a pod called Scooby-Doo... I have a list. Oh boy! Dun, 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 dun. All right, all right, all right, Vern. What's putting you on the no-fly list this time? <laughs> uh, one of the movies uh, that is on this list uh, is directly correlated with that no-fly list joke that you just made, ladies and gentlemen. I have a list here: good movies with problematic messages. Uh, this is, these are movies that are very enjoyable, uh, very enjoyable movies that I, uh, that I like, that the world likes, but if you think about them, there's a little troublesome thing, whether intentionally or unintentionally, uh, they're in there. Uh, no certain order, but I'm trying to do, like, (sighs) these are all beloved movies, but I'm trying to save the most beloved movies for last. I'm trying to, sure, try to build up to that, but also the most beloved movies with the most problematic messages. Uh, gotcha. Number five, or uh, number five, or number six on this list. Excuse me, it's a list of six. Uh, is is the Lego Movie? Um, uh, because it's 
a wonderful movie and also like the messaging isn't necessarily problematic, but it could be interpreted problematically, maybe. Um, sure. Number five, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first one. Uh, namely, okay. Uh, there's the subplot of that movie where the kid runs away from home and joins the Foot, the foot Clan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Splinter uh, gets abducted by the Foot Clan, and he's talking to Danny. And uh, Splinter... Uh, tells Danny, he's like, all fathers love their sons, and he encourages the kid to go back home to a, go back to a home where he's not loved. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know, like, I mean, I get it. Splinter is literally a sewer rat. He, he maybe does not have the brain capacity to understand <laughs> that. He, 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 oh, no, no, he understands that uh, his mother had to eat many of his siblings in order to survive one winter. Yes, exactly. Splinter uh, <laughs> maybe doesn't get that, like, there were probably conditions that led Danny to run away from home, and he just yeah, didn't join... Splinter famously does not understand context. Yes, he he cannot place anything in a, in a in an objective criticism. Yes. Splinter, uh, Splinter cannot get out of a maze. He just can't. He can't. Uh, he can. He cannot. He can if he can karate kick through the walls, but he cannot just own of his own volition get out. Um, right. Uh, Splinter needs to. Uh, this uh, aged wise uh, sewer rat needs to understand that like Danny probably didn't join the Foot Clan just for for shits and giggles. There was probably something that drove him out of his home, as typical. Right. Like, it's like his okay, you know, sure. kept getting stuck in the washing machine. That's what it was. It was probably an abuse. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. And uh, yeah. Um. Above that. Uh, number, yeah. er, I guess <laughs> Master that... Splinter is like the Black Panther should not have been so mean mm. all the time, <laughs> and he he can't understand the environment that would produce yeah. yes. the the Black Panther. Them giving away free breakfast hurts the breakfast economy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they understand? Our breakfast makers are losing money. The they should go to school if they want to eat food. How many imports we get from Europe for grain and toast? Leonardo, do you really think that Domino's delivery driver de- deserves $15 an hour? Uh, <laughs> if, do- Michelangelo, if the delivery driver starts making $15 an hour, he'll be making more than an EMT. Is that fair, Michelangelo? <laughs> if a kid if a kid wants to eat, Raphael, they should go to school where we provide them food. Donatello. The only place these kids can get food. Donatello, do you want your large supreme pizza to cost $35? This is why they should not make $15 an hour. Not raise the minimum wage. They should... Those jobs are meant for teenagers, Michelangelo. Listen, Michelangelo, we have to vote for Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) He is America's mayor. April, April O'Neil, April O'Neil. After the tragedy of 9-11, it was Lorne Michaels and the <laughs> Not Ready for Primetime Players that li- allowed us to laugh again. <laughs> Casey Jones, you are correct and you're storming the Capitol. You are... <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm glad this list is only uh, six entries. Uh, we are... <laughs> Uh, next on the list, I don't know where we're at. Uh, the Wizard of Oz, uh, a masterpiece okay. of cinema, beloved the world around. Part of the message of that movie is 
there's no place that you'll be happier than with your abusive family back in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, there's no place like the place where the old lady wants to kill my dog. I should go oh. back and this dog should die. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz is, is the only time in the entirety of American culture that a character wants to go back to Kansas. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> uh, uh, I watched it last night. Fell in love with it all over again. First time I've seen it in years. But holds uh, up. But uh, oof, uh, that that thing. Uh, next on the list, Beauty and the Beast. If you yes, there have been many uh, articles and and YouTube videos detailing yes. <laughs> the ways that that film could be interpreted uh, in, a, in, the, a, in a harsh light. Uh, the one that I thought about most recently when I'm making this list. If you just be nice to problematic and violent men, they'll become nice to you. Give him a chance. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you can change him. Yeah. Um, well, in in fairness, the original story, the beast only looks beastly but acts like a gentleman. Oh, I did mm. not know that. Oh yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah. If you watch the Jean Cocteau version, he's like dresses fancy. He's polite. He's genteel, but he just looks like a disgusting cat monster. Gotcha. Um, it was the Disney version that made him much more of, like, a monster overall gotcha. that has to be tamed. And also, like, and I'm not sympathizing with the, the Beast, uh, the uh, the early working title of a Rolling Stone song, Sympathy for the Beast. But uh, <laughs> uh, to be fair to him, like, some old witch showed up at his house and, like, hey, let me stay with you. And he's like, no. This is my place. I'm sorry. And then she's like, I'll make you ugly. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, you. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, also, there's a lot of Disney Renaissance films uh, that fit as, like, good movies with problematic messages. But Beauty and the Beast. Little is Mermaid. Yeah, yeah we, we, we dare go on. Yeah. Um, number two on the list, second to last, uh, The Dark Knight. Uh, people love The Dark Knight. <sighs> But George Bush did nothing wrong. Surveillance <laughs> is surveillance we are unaware of is okay if it leads to bad people getting arrested. We don't negotiate with clown princes of crime. Yeah, uh, and I do, I hope, because Christopher Nolan's a British guy, I hope that was the thing where, like, when he was 75% of the way through the script, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no, surveillance in oh. Poland is even worse. Oh really? Oh they oh yeah they have CC cameras on like like everywhere. There is what they are way there are way more like general violations of privacy in England than there are in America. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. uh, weird wild stuff. Weird. Uh, yeah, I understand you not uh, putting uh, the sequel, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, on this list. A movie with like actively terrible politics. Like, you know, active like you know, Go Gotham should be run by the super rich, and these poor people <laughs> need to get over it. You know, good they, point. Stop uh, messing with Wall Street; they're doing nothing wrong. Absolutely good point. I uh, honestly kind of forgot about Dark Knight Rises, uh, but also <laughs> that's uh, okay. But also, most people uh, don't don't like that one. Um, a uh, less beloved film. I cannot uh, defend any uh, decision they made in making it. However, I think it's a real fun watch. Uh, I no, I, I, uh, I, now that I think about it, I do enjoy it. Uh, there's another story for another time about whenever I saw The Dark Knight absolutely. Rises. Uh, but also, uh, also, but also, um, yeah, like uh, destroy Wall Street. Fuck that. 
Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The uh, the the poor people rebelling against an unjust system are the bad guys, and the cops are the good guys. Yeah, in the Dark Knight Rises. No, guys, no, uh, guys. See, the populist movement is see was secretly caused by the Illuminati. That's why you can't trust by, it. By the League of Shadows, uh, the global cabal, the League of Shadows, the bad elites. Um, yeah, the bad elites, as opposed to the good elites like Bruce Wayne. Um, a storm is coming, Mr. Wayne. Uh, and also, as someone that just watched The Dark Knight, actually, like, last weekend, for the first time in many years, when we get to the two boats sequence, I'm like, those people would blow up those criminals instantly. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were. The way... They were going to. And then they, they were had a going... crisis of conscience. The way that we, that, like, the general populace views our, our in-prison populations, they would blow up that prisoner boat <laughs> the yeah. drop of a before they even got the plunger they're like how do i blow up this they would just especially see... since like it's gotham is meant to be chicago they would see uh yeah. someone would just be walking down the bridge and see two prison boats and without any kind of like dilemma presented to him he would just be looking at those boats thinking like man i wish i could blow up those two boats uh that's just <laughs> how yeah that how we view uh the prison populace also uh with remembering dark knight rises now uh, that's, I'm gonna put that as number two on the list. Everything's been moved down one. Um, <laughs> before I say my number one, um, people like, uh, this is a, I guess, honorable mention, dishonorable mention. I don't know. People like Fight Club. I don't care for Fight Club. People like Fight Club. Uh, yeah, the, they do. The, I think, and I can't remember it very well, but like a lot of the problem with that movie is that like the message is constantly misinterpreted. <laughs> Yes, is that the beginning, they make fight clubs look so fucking cool, and yeah. it's like, yeah, men do need to, like, take back some sense of their place in the world, uh, but I guess people forget the second half of that movie, where the men's club turns into a skinhead <laughs> white well, militia. No, it's yeah. uh, the Goodfellas what? effect. Yeah. Men um, can only yes. remember yeah. the first 30 minutes of any movie. Goodfellas right. is and, the, and, the, other, the other honorable mention I had. Yeah, same, like... Yeah, they they remember the first. I, I, man, I watched that like two weeks ago. Um, that like they remember the beginning where like the kid thinks the gangsters are cool, and I guess they forget the middle section where like literally everyone dies or goes to jail. Dies in like, <laughs> like a some miserable way. In a way that is not fun. Yeah, yeah like, Scorsese really glamorized their fault. Right, yeah. it's that, like it's actively caused by the decisions that they make. Um, I guess people forget, like, the sequence in Casino where Joe Pesci is, like, the most brutal scene I've ever seen on film, where he's just, like, beat in a cornfield with baseball bats. Um, and, but people are like, Scorsese really glamorizes the mob. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Sorry. Man, no, the, no, Americans can't read. It's not that we, it's not just we don't, it's that we can't. <laughs> we can't. We have no facility to interpret. It's like on screen means condoning, right? Like if it if they put it in the movie, that means it's good, and if they don't put it in the movie, that means it's bad. <laughs> they yeah, and also the the director's commentary on any movie should just be him looking at every single thing in the movie and saying whether he agrees with it or not. It should be like, by the way, I don't like this. By the way, I like this. By the way, yeah, uh, he he should not. The movie. Sh the audio commentary should be an explanation of himself. <laughs> uh, Every audio commentary should actually be called Ending Explained. Yeah. <laughs> and you just, you sit there as Marty explains uh, uh, the final shots of the movie. Yes. Um, 
Uh, also, I want to say that this list is by no means comprehensive. It was just something that came up with like two nights ago, and uh, I'm sure if I had more time and put more energy into it, this would be a lot more comprehensive. But uh, the last movie I got, number one with a bullet, uh, a movie that I think is beloved the world over, a movie that uh, is loved, well loved in this family that I've got a love, a lot of love out of, movie that I've watched a whole bunch and will watch a whole bunch more. Absolutely terrible message. Uh, Forrest Gump. If you just be dumb oh. and follow orders, good things will happen to you. The if Himbo you, Manifesto. If you go against the grain and think for yourself, you will get AIDS and you will die. <laughs> like, and, like, I, I know that Zemeckis has said that she doesn't get AIDS, but, like, she gets AIDS. You know yeah. what I mean? What like, other everything in your. serious disease in the 80s was there? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and that. Well, okay. Scholars will debate if Forrest Gump has any message at all, because that movie is so self-contradictory because it seems like it's like very like, yes, America, a beautiful place to live. But then like you look at how the perfect soldier is the sub intelligent protagonist who just follows orders. Like you look at how he becomes successful and uh, all the, like, death that happens throughout that movie. I'm like, what is <laughs> Robbie trying to say? Is like if the Lego movie never continued past the first act. <laughs> uh, if, if everything was awesome. <laughs> if, you know what's awesome? America. From, 19, from the 1940s to the 1980s. And we're not going to explain why it just is. Yeah, if we, uh, if, 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 if instead of a montage of Creedence Clearwater revival songs, it was just everything is awesome from the Lego movie playing over the war in Vietnam. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think you've got some real fucking cinema there, baby. And every once in a while it does like, it does, every once in a while it was like, God, America rules. It was so sad when John Lennon died, but God, America! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh man, wasn't like wasn't Abby Hoffman great? Not paying attention to what Abby Hoffman cared or talked about. <laughs> it's like uh, America rules. Poor yeah, like, Robert oh, Kennedy. Bubba's uh, <laughs> mom was a maid, and now she's not. Wonder why. Yeah, it yeah, it uh it, it it you know talks about America being great but does not talk about like America's like love of guns and looking the other way as far as mental health problems are concerned are what caused John Lennon to die. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> Is that like okay when the movie copies explicit lynching imagery for its triumphant legs brace off run sequence. I'm like, is this, what are you trying to say? Well, the problem with Forrest Gump is that it tries to, um, parallel its mainstream culture and its counterculture during a very, during a very specific period of time, like basically the post-war era without, considering the context that those two cultural streams existed in. Mm. It's just it thought about with no politics, no significance, 
nothing. It just is that 40-year span in a bubble. It is kind of like... (laughs) We talked about this with the Lego movie. We talked about this with the Spider-Verse. Forrest Gump kind of is just like the ready player one of things that happened in America. It it? is! (laughs) It's him playing America the video game. Where, oh, welcome to level one, the 40s. Uh, like, the fact <laughs> they did not have to make Forrest Gump related to the founder of the KKK. That is a wholly irrelevant character detail that adds nothing to the story, but they go out of their way to bring it up. <laughs> like, are you, like, again, it's, again, it's establishing, oh, yeah, he has, like, America has a monstrous past. But America is too <laughs> fucking stupid to reckon with what's happening around it. Or what it's doing. <laughs> Holy shit, that's what Forrest Gump's about. It's American <laughs> ignorance. <laughs> oh, man. The ready player one of Boomer. <laughs> I fucking hate this now. I already didn't like Forrest Gump, and now I like it even less. Because it just makes its own self-indulgence even more pathetic. I was talking to my friend John Hinckley Jr. (laughs) Hey, hey, Lee. Lee Harvey. Can I buy you a po' boy in here, New Orleans? Whenever I was running across country, I was offered a ride by Ted Kennedy. I turned it down, and I'm glad I did, because... Did you guys uh, do you guys know about the planned sequel to Forrest Gump? Uh, well, Gump and Company. Gump and Company. Yeah, it's a uh, they made it, it so Winston Groom wrote the book and the book is way different from the movie. There's things that happen in the book that don't happen in the movie and vice versa. Uh and the movie did well. I mean, Hollywood accounting call, uh, calls it a bomb, but it did really well and it inspired Winston Groom to write a sequel called Gump and Company. And the, I've not read it, but I know that, like, Ginny uh, dies, because Ginny doesn't die in the original book, but she dies, like, within the first ten pages of Gump and Company. And at one point, Forrest Gump in the novel meets Tom Hanks. Uh, That's cool. great. <laughs> uh, Forrest Gump is, I believe, on board the Exxon Valdez uh during its during its fateful day um i i definitely yeah. know he's there like he's in england and he meets diana the day she crashes oh, oh really jesus fucking christ <laughs> which means, uh there's of course people have talked before but there's only one place he could end up which is uh he's going to an airport one crisp september morning <laughs> Oh, oh God! Christ. No, yeah, he's hanging well, out with Seth MacFarlane, and they an both miss the plane. In Florida. My, I, I uh, met my flying friend Muhammad. <laughs> there's, there's a scene where Forrest Gump gets a package, and his friend Muhammad lends him a box cutter to open it. <laughs> he's Christ. He's in rainy Seattle and goes gun shopping with Kurt Cobain. Like, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Guys, if Forrest Gump ever comes into your life, 
finalize all your like make your make sure your will is in place get your in like <laughs> get your affairs in order get your affairs in order most most people are visited by death in the form of the grim reaper but sometimes you're visited the, in the form of... For many, stuff. he takes the form of a simple southerner. I've got a pizza delivery for one Mr. Shakur. <laughs> he is the bringer... He is the angel of death. Or he, he works for... He gets a... Well, you know, it's established in the first movie. He, he owns Apple Computers... And uh, in Gump and Company, he, he gets a job in IT, and one of the people's, uh, one of his customers is Jared Fogle. Uh, is... No, no, Boris Gump's the one who tells Steve Jobs not to get medicine, but to just eat fruit. Wait, I own an Apple Company. <laughs> <laughs> just eat fruit. What do you mean, IBM? IBM every day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, next month on movies for babies, Forrest Gump. <laughs> Please no. Please. I mean, no. at this point, it, it is very much a movie for babies. Who is that movie for? <laughs> I've, I've wondered my entire life. Baby-brained boomers. It's uh, movies for boomers. That's what it is. <laughs> movies for boomers. It's. I mean, like it. Even if the story is convoluted as hell and and bad, like he tells the story well, <laughs> he's a hell of a storyteller. Yeah. I gotta give him that. Uh, man, uh, the man spent his hour and a half sitting at the bus stop. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Zemeckis can spin a yarn. All that stuff that takes place in Vietnam in the movie is shot in South Carolina, uh, but it looks like Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a masterful storytelling and film uh, filmmaking. But, uh, oofa doofa. Some of the stuff that I came into this podcast thinking about it and now have discovered from this podcast recording. <laughs> Mamma mia. Hachi machi. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad we, glad we got the roast of Forrest Gump out of the way. I'm glad we fucking finally took that dude to task. I hate him. I'll kick Forrest Gump's Mr. ass. Mr. Gump, you are canceled. <laughs> uh excuse cancel culture is yeah forrest gump books a movie deal with ben shapiro <laughs> forrest is gonna co-star with gina carano and kevin sorbo i find it hard to believe uh, that you also found apple and you were in vietnam and you were i find that hard to believe uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, we we're talking we're joke about it now but in two days is gonna be a youtube video like Southern idiot destroyed by Ben Shapiro. <laughs> See, I uh, because I'm not on Twitter, uh, I, 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 I don't know a lot about Ben Shapiro, and I don't know a lot about the, all this horse shit. But my I mean, first, congratulations, uh, and I'm very happy about it. But my first exposure to him was, you know, like Ben Shapiro destroys in all capital letters, imagined by John Lennon, and I mean to be fair, like. Yeah, that song is a hypocritical, like, piece of shit, but... Uh, yeah, bad song. I'm glad we can all agree on that. Uh, but, like, Ben Shapiro, in the beginning of his video, where he, and I had to turn it off after, like, 40 seconds, because if I thought about it more, it would give me an aneurysm. He also has... This a, on... He's also a man with a voice for radio. Yes. Uh, but he says oh. that, like, he 
he he calls those opening notes of Imagine. He Ben Shapiro refers to them as pretentious chords. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, how well, can no, you he mean is the... a cap- he is a skilled violinist who just doesn't ever play anything interesting? Oh, pretentious not chords. They're the they're the same chords every song uses, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's it's default chords. And this is like, why I had to turn it off because it was going to give me I couldn't even like hate watch it. Mm. I was like, this is going to put me into an early grave if well, I Well no, no, he hates it because it's unrealistic. It uh, goes for a, you know, big government, no borders, no net no nationality, no god world. Uh no business. I get that, but how can uh, chords of a song be pretentious? <laughs> because his idea of culture really is Forrest Gump. Like, at one point, he was talking in radio and said, okay, guys, let's talk about underrated movies. I'll go first. Amadeus. Underrated? Best that, picture winner, that one, Amadeus. Yeah, best picture. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. But no one talks about a not-that-old movie. No one just talks about it now. Okay. Like, <laughs> underrated movie, Amadeus. Uh, you know, underrated movie? Citizen Kane. Uh, I think it's... <laughs> Like an uh, underrated movie, Star Wars. I don't think uh, I don't think people have seen this one. Pretentious laser sound effects, but uh, underrated movie. <laughs> Which, but like, also I love it. But really, his idea of culture is just Mad Men. <laughs> like, it's just right. the culture of Mad Men. And An it, uncritical sister, view of um, Mad Men. Yeah, well, his sister runs a culture blog, like a lifestyle show on YouTube called Classically Abby, and it's you know. Pro modesty, um, pro marriage, like marriage when you're young. Is she the one that like people make lewd comments about on the internet? Yes, yeah, no, okay. yeah, the one that people are horrible about. <laughs> okay, I, I'll let I'll let the listeners at home look up what I'm talking about. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> Dare I say not uh, not worth uh, exploring. Um, but yeah, yeah no, her and her like idea of like good culture is like really is just that kind of 40s, 50s suburbs. Mm. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like, and I, I guess. And she's a fucking opera singer. Like, how is, how I, is, her, how is her idea of culture so like pedestrian? I don't know. Like, I, uh, I, I might be, I don't know. I like. This is a, a dumb guy way of putting it, but I'm a dumb guy, so I don't know how to put it. Like, me like big culture. <laughs> me like having different flavors to pick from. Like, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy different meals. Uh, uh, this week I watched The Wizard of Oz in the Lego movie in the same week. Uh, you know, I like uh, I like being able to pick from different flavors and different varieties. Uh, and, uh, big culture, lots of voices, lots of input is is a good thing. I like having different textures and being able to uh, to learn different ideals and understand different, you know, hear different voices. Uh, I don't know why that's such a big fucking deal, but uh, when you're a, when you're a twerp who got your lunch money taken from you every single day of your life, uh, well, no, what he really is is he's a failed screenwriter. He won. He studied screenwriting in college. Oh, really? And then yeah, and then like within a year of graduating, immediately pivoted to uh, how anti-conservative Hollywood is. Oh, gotcha. And I wouldn't. I mean, I guess there might be a deal of anti-conservatism in Hollywood, but also it's just like kind of anti-dipshit. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's a dipshit. Yeah, like, yeah, that's the thing, is that he really is... Well, I, that, well, that's kind of the... That's sort of the arc of American conservatism lately, isn't it? It's it's failed entertainers. Yeah, I mean, uh, when your reality show is getting canceled, just run for president, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, Steve Bannon was a, like, like was a TV and movie producer for a while. Yeah. Uh, Steve Mnuchin, uh, mm-hmm. who worked for the... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Gavin McGinnis was like a stand-up guy for a while. They hate Hollywood so much they keep putting Hollywood people into big government positions, <laughs> starting with Ronald Reagan. Uh, you know, it's just like... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, they hate Hollywood so much. That's why they're the people that consistently elect yeah. Oh, yeah, California hates Republicans, It's why, which is why Orange County continued to elect them until last year. Yeah. Idiots, all of them. All dummies. Big dummies. Big dummies. But big smarties watch and like the Lego movie. <laughs> uh, big, big smarties. Uh, they they made the movie with their big smart brains, mm. and I uh, appreciate them. Or Phil and... Is the only thing Phil and Chris got on the agenda right now is Clone High Reboot? Uh, let me let me check. Well, they um, had an original they... movie um, either come out on Netflix last year or coming to Netflix this year. What is it? Oh, the Millers. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, they did. They uh, did well, they... the Millers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vern, you know what we mean. <laughs> um, they they produce a lot of things, so they like produced a hundred and four episodes of the Unikitty show. Um, they they were going to do that Flash movie. That's never ever going to happen. Mm. Um, they like wrote that and we're like getting ready to make it and then it doesn't uh didn't go um yeah the the mitchells versus the machines which was the title and then it got changed to connected and i think now it's changed back (laughs) to the mitchells versus the machines um but i've seen like the first ads for that and again it looks like they're doing some interesting animation Mm -hmm. stuff with it which i which i um hope is is that um although that's their producer tab let me check the director tab artemis well that's not a good sign (laughs) are are you guys still getting youtube ads for artemis foul no lord knows in the year 2021 i still am i uh, i'm not uh i keep getting this like like 60 minute long ad so some guy talking on a podium but i don't know what it is uh uh, also, uh, guys, uh, fun uh, piece of uh, information for you. Fun, uh, if you want to know, y- y- if you ever get uh, an unskippable ad on YouTube, you hit the I next to the uh, how long the ad is. You hit stop seeing this ad. Whenever it pops up and says, "Are you sure you want to stop seeing this ad?" You hit yes, and then at the next thing you hit close, and that skips the ads for you. Hmm. So the more yeah. you know, that's the gift. Interesting. Um, I do appreciate that. Um, they have like three like announced projects. Sorry to go back to it's all film, good, Chris. They they have like three projects that are like announced and are in various stages of happening or not happening. Um, for a while, the head of Sony Pictures Animation was like desperate for them to take over. Was like they they tried so hard to to court oh, Phil and yeah, uh, Lord yeah, yeah. Miller to to take over Sony Pictures Animation. They uh have refused to do that but are, you know, between Spider-Verse and and Mitchell's 
uh, versus the machines are certainly like working over there. Um, but I mean, after making two uh, gigantic hits in in the year 2014, um, just have not been able to get a project to completion. If I recall uh, correctly, with the Sony leaks, um, it was revealed that they were going to do a, a 21 Jump Street Men in Black crossover movie. Right, which I was like, sure, that's not, I'll watch that. Um, but <laughs> if I it's just maybe... the Jump Street guys at the Men in Black, we got Men in Black International instead. Oh, I guess thank maybe, goodness uh... for that. <laughs> I guess maybe like oh, the whole Oh, thank Disney... God, they kept the franchise alive with that winner. I was so worried. <laughs> Um, I guess maybe the Disney thing has got, like, they kind of, uh, I might have to explain this uh, this terminology, but maybe the Disney thing got them tranked a little bit, and now they've got to... Josh uh, Trank? Yeah, and they've got to uh, got to work their way back in. Not that they're, like, struggling or anything. Uh, Josh Trank... Because they're producing a yeah, hundred yeah. things. They're, like, their name is on a thousand projects, but they have not been the architects of a project now in in almost a full seven years they might just um, be too busy producing to write or direct anything that could be a thing they they have like three quote-unquote announced directorial projects um but again you know they're very busy producers and uh projects keep falling to shit on them so uh we'll see i guess we'll see they're very good I hope they get mm-hmm. to make more movies. They're very good at doing it. <laughs> their talent. I don't always. I don't. Their their sense of humor and my sense of humor does not always align. Uh, but they're. I, I I can recognize how talented they are. I can recognize how skilled they are. What they do. Lego Movie, good movie. Big big thumbs up from me. Uh, I mean, you know, personal taste. This is my favorite thing we've covered on movies for babies so far. Uh, but if y'all want to put it beneath the Muppet movie, I do understand. The blank movie. You know, it's tough. It's yeah. tough out there for a the blank movie. Yeah, I think out of everything we've covered, probably number three for me after uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox and Muppet Movie being mm. number one with a uh, pitchfork because he shoots Ver, pitchforks. Would it, would it, would it litter, given the premise of this occasional show, would it even be possible for something to beat the Muppet movie for you? Is there a kids movie you like more? Than you know, probably movie? not. Honestly, probably not. Yeah, so Time Bandits maybe. Ah, <laughs> I like Time Bandits, but Time Bandits, uh, I didn't discover until as an adult, and it did not take on the deeper meaning that I have for it, deeper affection that I have for it, until I was well into my like twenties. Mm. Uh, that was a movie that was playing uh, at the venue I met my my now wife at. And uh, on our on our anniversary, we went to go see we went to go see a screening of Time Bandits. So like it's uh, that's a great movie for adults for me. But uh, I don't know that uh, maybe if we like I don't know I I loved the Tim Burton uh, Michael Keaton first Batman movie. Um, maybe if we did that, maybe. But also like the Muppet movies held up uh, a lot stronger for me than the Batman movie has, though I still yes. like that movie. So, Goddamn. Uh, well, thank, thank you, everyone, for joining us for this uh, uh, Movies for Babies. It's a roller coaster um, of an episode. Yeah, real wild one, but I had a good time. I think I, got, I, think I said everything I wanted to say. Um, animation, good. Animation, good. good. Animation, good. Uh, clever... Good. Going all in on, a, on, a, on an aesthetic and uh, believing in your in your property, believing what you're doing, 
uh, something I can get behind 100% of the time. Committing whole hog to this idea. Commit to the you bit. You can never criticize them for not going all in. You know what I mean? Like, they went for it. Absolutely. And I simply must appreciate that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, guys, no, right. I wanted to finish the brick joke. The brick joke? What are you, Ben Folds? <laughs>